We are learning Daf Lamed Gimel. <clears throat> We're starting from the bottom of Lamed Beis, Amid Beis, the fresh Mishnah, fresh Parak. So the Mishnah makes a comparison between different types of Nedarim. There's no difference between someone who has a nether, where he ostracizes himself completely from his friend. You know, he says, I'm not going to get any benefit from you. Or where the nether is that he's not going to get a food benefit. There's no difference between the nether of all benefit or the nether of food benefit. Except, what would the difference be? Whether or not he's allowed to put his foot on his friend's property. So if you can't get any benefit whatsoever, then you can't walk through his property. Whereas if you only have answering the food, then you will be allowed to do that. Continues the Mishnah. Or another difference would be using kalim, using utensils that aren't used for food. So if you can't get any benefit, then you can't use the person's kalim even if they aren't used for food. But if it's only answer to get enough food, then you could use such things. Continues the Mishnah. Someone who has the nether that he can't get food from his friend. He's not allowed to give him a kli, which is related to the preparation of food, like the sieve for the flour, a grain sieve, or the mill, or the oven. All of these things are forbidden. As the Gemara will explain, even though he asked for food, it's even things that are related to food as well. So he's not allowed to give him those things. However, he can lend him a shirt, a ring, a cloak, or earrings. Now this seems obvious, because as we said, he only answered the food. Why is the Mishnah even speaking this out? So we will see this will emerge in the Gemara. So first of all, we see that if someone answered Hano from his friend, the first thing is that he's not allowed to go on his property. So the word says, Mantana, who is the Tana? And who says that's such a benefit? And the point here is, is that it's not such like a tangible benefit. Usually it's something that people stop don't really care about. Is it a big deal if I walk, you walk on my property? So maybe if it's such a small thing, insignificant thing that people don't really care about that much, who says that that's included in the Isra of benefit? So I'm Rav Adam, Rav Lezer, going to Rav Lezer, the time says in Rav Lezer, I'm Rav Lezer, I'm Rav a veto or something extra is forbidden in a case of a mother I know, where someone can't get benefit from his friends, even veto is also. Veto is, usually in business, what will happen is someone will add to the purchase. You know, will give a little bit more. If someone's buying a certain amount, the seller adds a little bit more just as a veto. But when there's a net that also is getting benefit, Rabbi Lazar says that he can't accept such a thing because Lamai saw it's considered benefit, even though it's something that we don't look at as such a special, significant amount of benefit. Rabbi Lezer's opinion is that benefit is benefit, and therefore it's forbidden. Whereas the Rabbanu disagree with Rabbi Lezer. They say it has to be a significant benefit, something that's a big deal. But something which the, you know, the seller just does naturally for all his customers. He gives them a little bit extra. <clears throat> he tips them off at the top. So then that's not considered something that's also the mother I not. So according to the Rabbanu, an example like that would be walking through a yard. That's a very small, insignificant type of anah, which is vitor. So like the Rabbanan, it wouldn't be Aser. Our mission, which said that it was Aser, <coughs> is only following Rabbi Eliezer. We continued that the mother when someone has a nether that he can't get food from his friends, we said he's not allowed to, allow it, he's not allowed to borrow kalim, like flour, sieves, the mill, or the oven. So the Gemara tries to understand why is he Aser in anything. The nether was only on food, not on the kalim. Isn't macho mashma the food itself? So Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish, but Omer Hanos Machalchalai. He didn't just say I'm answering the food. He said the benefit of your food. So since he added the word the benefit, then we understand the meaning of the statement to mean anything which might bring about food. <clears throat> if he just wanted to answer food, he would just say food. And the fact that he said the benefit of food, he's coming to include even the kalim that prepare food. He says the Gemara, how do you know you got the right shot? Maybe he means the benefit of the food. Meaning, even if he's not going to eat the food, but rather he's going to chew a wheat kernel and put it on his wound. So he's using food for a different purpose besides eating. Sometimes it's good for medicine, for 
like in that scenario where a person chews weak kernels and he puts them on his wound. So maybe the, the, what the Lashon of Anas Machal is saying, any benefit that I would get from your food is forbidden to me, even if it's not through the regular means of eating. Maybe that's what he means. So I'm a Rav. Rav answer He says specifically, the benefit that will bring to eating of your food is Asr. So therefore, that Lashon is clearly talking about even the Kalim that are used for food preparation are Asr. And the reason why we single out these particular Kalim is because even though it doesn't make the food fully ready, it's not a pot where the food becomes comes ready, but still, it's still um, considered something which will ultimately get to the hana of the food, and therefore it's included. It says the Gemara, how far do we take this? Amar Papa Sak Lavi Peiros, if it's a sack that brings fruit, or a donkey to bring fruit, or just a regular basket. All these are examples or benefit that can bring to a food. So this is a pretty big chiddush. You would say maybe it's only something which prepares food, like the example, the sieve, the mill, uh, over here, it's just, what is this? It's, it's, it's transportation. Even the things that could be used to transport food, to get to the food, are also, also, and that's the Chiddush. But the Gemara wants to know how far do we take it here, at least it's transporting the food itself. Rapapa inquires, Sus let's say it's a horse that you're going to ride upon to go to a banquet, so you're going to get to the food by riding on the horse. You're not bringing the, transporting the food on it, but you are going to ride on the horse to get to the banquet. But Tabasli Rosba, or a ring, that you're going to look good with at the banquet. In order to show, to show up, you got to show up looking good. So what's going to happen is that you're going to borrow the ring to bring to the banquet. Now, what's the halacha? Is that considered a benefit that brings to food? And therefore it's also, if someone took anah, if someone took another not to get anah, maybe Dave Michael from his friend, would these things be included or not? They're not the food itself. And they're not even bringing the food itself, but they're somehow related to food. Continues the Gemara, similar question. What about a shortcut through the property to get to the banquet? So that generally, if, I'm, if I have an Isser to go um, benefiting only from the food things we said, you're allowed to walk through the property. But what about if walking through the property is specifically to go to a banquet? Is that considered a benefit bringing to food? So the Gemara says, Tashima, let's try to see the answer to these questions from the end of the Mishnah. The Mishnah said, even though he can't lend him the sieves and, and, the, and the food things, he was allowed to lend to him a shirt, a cloak, earrings, and rings. So what exactly is the case of these things? It's not something that's going to be used to be seen with at a banquet. He's just stopped borrowing them. Was it necessary for the mission to say he could borrow them? Of course. They have no connection whatsoever to food. A person wants to borrow a shirt, so he looks good randomly, nothing to do with food whatsoever. Of course that's good. Do I need the mission to say that? That the mission then, even where the borrower's intent is that he's going to borrow them and be seen at the banquet with them. And therefore, it's going to be, you know, sometimes we show him say, the waiters will serve you better based upon how prominent you look. So if you're, look, you know, let's say wearing a good-looking ring, maybe you actually will end up getting more food at the banquet. In that situation, uh, that's why he's borrowing it. And the Mishnah is still saying, even in that case, you're allowed to borrow. Since it's such an indirect facilitation of getting better food, that's permitted to the devour. The only is there is when it's somewhat direct. So, you know, if you're borrowing a horse to transport the fruit, that would be awesome. But if you're borrowing the horse that you're going to show up with at the... Uh, at the banquet, that's not that's not a problem. That's the way we want to interpret the Mishnah. So the Gemara says, "Lo, that's not necessarily muhach. That's abshad. Maybe it's only mutter where the intent is not to be seen with the items, and there's not any novelty. Ah, you want to know what? If there's not any novelty, why is it there? 
We just wanted to list things that you're allowed to do because we listed things that you're not allowed to do. Since the first part of the mission said, don't lend him the flower sleeve, the flower sieve in the middle of the oven. So we were listing things that cannot be done. So the mission said things which could be done, but he's allowed to lend him. It's just symmetry. The way the mission wanted to say, one thing you can't do, one thing you could do. But it wasn't a chiddish and a chanami in the things you could do. They were actually pretty simple that you're allowed to do them. And the reason is, again, because they have nothing to do with food. What if they would be somewhat indirectly related? to food, maybe in a Hanami, maybe it would be Asr. Continues uh, the Mishnah. We were talking about if I only Asr benefit that brings to food, then you're allowed to borrow utensils that have nothing to do with food. So the, Gemara, the Mishnah says, But if it's not related to food, in a place where they rent out a similar sort of item, Asr, then it is Asr for the vower to use them. In other words, what we're saying is, if it's a place where they're not used for food preparation, but they're usually rented, then the rental fee that the vower is saving is something which can be a benefit that brings to food. Why? Because since I, ordinarily I would have to rent it. And now because he gave it to me, I don't have to rent it. I have more food in my, I have more money in my pocket. I might use that money to go buy food. So therefore it could theoretically be bringing to the hana of food. So all of this that we said, you could borrow regular things, that's all where it's nothing, they're not normally rented. But if they're normally rented, so I'm saving money, and with the saved money, I could go buy food, that would be forbidden. So Zemard makes the inference over here. We see that the first Mishnah, which also the use of food preparation, Caleb, even though they're not rented out, meaning our Mishnah is saying if they're usually rented out, you can't take any Caleb. Must be that the Reisha, which also only food Caleb, was even talking about if they're not rented out. In other words, people give them away freely. Let's say people lend out their oven without charging for it. So therefore, it's obvious, it's an insignificant type of thing. People don't charge for it. And still, it was Aser. Mantana, who is the original Tana who Asers something that people give away for free and it's not such a significant type of Anamar. Who Asers even Vitor. So this is going back to our original point. The previous Mishnah was Asering food, Kalim, even if people don't normally rent them out. So it's an insignificant type of Anah. But still, it's Aser. And what's the shot that it's Aser? Because... We're going like Rebbe Lazar at Vitor is also, but is also, even the small significant things that people don't charge for are also in a mother, are not scenario. Our mission is coming now and saying, but if people do charge for them to rent them out, then even though, even though you're only a mother it's still going to be also for you to borrow it because you're saving money. If you're saving money, now you have more money to spend on food. If you have more money to spend on food, that will be bringing towards the Anah of food. The mission now continues to talk about what happens uh, when someone is a mother hanah from his friend, and in other words, assuming that he's also to get any benefit from him, what exactly can and cannot be done? A mother hanah mechaver, or someone has an that he can't get benefit from his friend, what is the halacha? Shokolo eshiklo, his friend is still allowed to pay the half shekel for him. So here we're talking about the chiyav, uh, for every Jew to give the half shekel to the base of mikdash, and the halacha is that a person could give extra for the friend, and even though... Let's say Reuven cannot, cannot get benefit from Shimon. Shimon can give the half shekel on Reuven's behalf. The Gemara will explain why that is allowed to be done. Parveyas Chovo similarly can repay his debt. If Shimon owes, um, I'm sorry, if Reuven owes money to somebody, then Shimon can pay back the debt on his behalf. He's not considered to be benefiting Reuven directly by that. Third, he can return his lost article to him. If Reuven lost something, Shimon is permitted to return it to Reuven. However, if it's a place where if somebody finds something, they're allowed to be compensated for returning it, meaning some people have the minog that if you're taking off time from work, so it costs a person money to, while they're retrieving the lost item for the right owner, so then the halacha is that they're allowed to charge the owner uh, compensation for the wages that they lost while they were returning it. So if it's such a place, so then it seems that we have an issue 
um, we have an issue, which the Gemara will talk about what exactly is the issue. Here, Reuven is not allowed to benefit from Shimon. What would be the issue if Reuven has to pay Shimon for his time that he, that he took off from work to retrieve his item? We'll have to see about that. But anyways, the halacha is then, people on al-haktish, the benefit should go instead to the base of Mikdash, meaning it should be donated to the base of Mikdash instead of the finder taking the compensation. Again, we'll have to explain each of these points one by one in the Mishnah. So overall, what the Mishnah is telling us is that in the Mother Hanal scenario, there are still certain types of indirect benefits which are mutter. Um, you can give him, you can pay the half shackle for him, you can repay his debt and return his lost item. So the Gemara explains, Alma, what do we conclude? He's just chasing away a lion. What's the idea? The Shari, therefore, it's permitted. The, the idea is that when you're giving uh, the Isra of, of Mother Hanah is to give Hanah. To give Hanah means directly giving something new to somebody. In a case where a lion, if you follow the mashal, a lion is about to attack someone's property and you push away, you scare away the lion, you're not really giving a new direct benefit to the recipient. What you are is that you're pushing away a potential loss, a potential threat you're thwarting. Pushing, uh, thwarting a, a potential threat is not considered a direct act of giving anah, and therefore it's not asr. And the insight of this really, it's insight for Rabbi Shimon the understanding of all of this, is that in the mother anah scenario, scenario, the real isr isn't to receive anah. The isr is like the taking of anah, something which is direct new benefit, but something which just thwarts away some sort of loss. That's the lumdesis of Avriah Hari, and therefore it's permitted. So, for example, the half shackle. The, the recipient, Ruvain, you know, he's going to have a chilek in the karbanos whether or not you give the half shekel. It's just a question of what, what, is there still a debt which he owes the base of mikdash? So I've pushed away a debt from his friend. The same thing when you pay back somebody else's debt. You know, you haven't given them any more new money or something like that. It's just that you're pushing away a threat, a potential a potential creditor from them. So therefore, it's not giving them a new hana. The same thing with Hashavah Aveda. You're just doing the mitzvah that the Torah says to do, and you're returning back somebody what they had lost, but you're not giving them something new. They always owned it. They just didn't know where, where it was. So the Gemara says, Man Tana, who is the Tana that indeed looks at it in this way? And if it's just Mavri Achari and you're not giving him a new tangible benefit. So the Gemara says, Marboshia, Zud, This is only according to the Achanan. So this is something we learned at the end of Exubos, where a husband was overseas and he wasn't giving sustenance to his wife, and somebody else just volunteered to, to sustain the wife. The question is, when the husband comes back, can that volunteer now demand compensation from the husband? Can he say, hey, I gave. I gave your wife money, now you owe me money. Or we can say no. Hanan says that uh, he's just been chasing away a creditor of mine. It's not considered you benefited from me, benefited me, and therefore I don't have to pay you back. So in general, when you benefit somebody, you have to you have to come. You're entitled to compensation. But the question that we're talking about is that if you're pushing away a creditor from somebody, you put you know you pay their debt. Is that called that you're directly benefiting them? If it would. So then the volunteer would be allowed to be compensated. He would, he would, he would have the rights to that. But if it's just pushing away a potential threat, he does, he does not entitle to it. So we're all here. The Gemara saying is that we're only going like Hanan. Says the Gemara, Rav Amar, another view. I feel like we're going like everybody, even according to those who disagree with Hanan, even according to the Rabbanan, who say that when you pay the woman now, you're entitled with compensation from the husband. So it would seem to be that they hold it's an act of Anah. But we say there's a distinction. Gavi, Mother Anah, the Mishnah's case of someone who is Mother Anah, the Yavah Menashallah The creditor gave the loan to the vower on condition that he doesn't have to repay it at a specific time. Very interesting. In other words, he, he, he said, whenever you want to give it back, give it back. So he didn't, there was no specific financial benefit that he's getting uh, that Reuven is receiving when Shimon pays back his loan because Ruvain didn't have to pay it back by a certain time. When the money was given to him, the money was lent to him, and whenever, whenever the terms of the deal, whenever he wanted to pay back, he gives it back. So therefore, it's not like there's a real line even in front of you that's demanding the money. So now that we understand, um, 
Now that we, now we we can understand that it's not a direct ana, even according to the rabbanon. So if it's general someone, there's a real lion, there's a real creditor right now demanding the money, you and and and, and then it would be also for the mother ana to pay it back. But we're talking about specifically where it was given shalom and asla Now the ran now deals that's very good in the case of the of the payment paying back the debt. But what about the cases for the half shackle? So the idea was is that we know sometimes what the ran says is that let's say. The town already sent in the half shackles of the base of and the money was lost, so that the people are not don't have to pay again. Um, but the custom was that they would replace the money. So we could be talking about such a case where they really the person had already paid, and it's just that it was lost. So technically, he didn't have to pay again, but it was just customary to pay back. So therefore, now when the mother Arnaud goes and pays, he's not giving a new tangible benefit. That's the way that we uh, that we understand the the idea of the Gemara relating to the half shackle. Where is this machlokas charan in the Rabbanatidan? It says in the Mishnah, Sukhas Mishal, when you say, someone who went overseas and left, and left his wife without any support. And now another person, a volunteer, stands up and supports the wife. So he's lost his money, meaning the volunteer is a really nice guy, but he cannot demand any compensation from the husband. The sons of the Quran of argued with Hanan and they said, He's allowed to swear how much he spent on the support, and then he could collect that amount from the husband. As he had benefited the husband, and since he has benefited the husband, he's entitled to compensation. Amr Abdozim and Orkanis get the favor. Abdozim and Orkanis said that this opinion is correct. Amr Abdozim and Orkanis said, well, the volunteer has just put his money in the horn of a deer, meaning he's wasted his money. So that's the Machlokas. So we came out that what do we have here? We had two views. We had Ravoshia saying that our Mishnah is only going like Hanan and Rava, who was saying that the Mishnah is going even like the Rabbanan, but the case was where the creditor gave it on condition that the, that, that the lender, that the borrower doesn't have to give it back by a specific time. So the Gemara explains, Rava did not say like Ravoshia said, he wanted to make the Mishnah like everybody. So Ravoshia only made it like Hanan. Rava was looking for a way that it should be according to everybody. But why didn't Ravoshia say like Rava that the Mishnah is speaking about a, 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 a loan that wasn't collectible in court by a specific time? The answer is, if it would be a problem where it's owed by a certain time, so then even in a scenario where, where it was not, the Rabbanim would have made a decree. And they would have said, Xera to a case where the terms are uh, that you have to pay it back, where it would in fact be usher, so it was Xera to protect that case. They said, even in a case where the terms of the condition are not to have to pay it back by a specific time, but we're still going to say that it's considered giving a benefit, and we're still going to say that it's usher, therefore, to give it. So that's why um, Rav Oshia felt we couldn't make it work like the Rabbanan. The only thing we could do is say that we're only going like Hanan. Okay, we're going to stop here for today. The next thing, Mazel Abedasso, we'll see you next time.